faithful according to John. Glory to you, Glory O Lord. To Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in. He saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. When Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Christ. O Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Don't you love arriving somewhere? Back when we did such things, arriving at the concert, arriving at the game, at the restaurant, the theater, at the party, at the friend's house, arriving at the Metra or L stop without delays. I still text my mom when planes land, arrived. One of our favorite places to arrive each year is our beloved church on Addison for the great vigil of Easter. Many years, spring has arrived by then. Preparations have been made and we eagerly, joyfully, 
boldly participate in our favorite liturgy of the year, more multi-sensory, more embodied than any fire, light, candles, water, oil, incense, bread, wine, stories, new members, banners, processions, singing, goosebumps, tears. The vigil of Easter is like arriving home or like arriving in heaven. In fact, Orthodox Christians describe divine worship as being in paradise already, participating in the heavenly liturgy portrayed in the book of Revelation. And that's how many of us feel about the Easter Vigil, a taste of heaven. Christ is risen and all is right with the world. Except this year, not, that is not the way it feels. Quarantined, the entire world, it seems, locked in a tomb of fear and despair. This year, we don't feel like we are in the promised land of Easter, as some prayers name it. We feel more like the Israelites in Egypt, or better, perhaps, in exile longing for our homeland. We are dry bones lying in a desolate valley. We feel like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the fire. We are Mary weeping in the tomb. They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. One Jewish man wrote about the oddness of celebrating Passover this year when families cannot gather with others. He mused on the question, why is this night different from all other nights? Asked by the youngest child at the Passover Seder. Surely this Easter vigil is different from any we've ever attended. Yet every Passover Seder is different. He went on to say, freedom from slavery is forever current. Alas, someone is always enslaved by something. Only the tyrant changes. And we never really arrive. And of course, this year, reflecting on the plagues at the first Passover, bring an eerie chill to our bones. Maybe that's why celebrating Passover at night, celebrating the Easter Vigil at night is so powerful. This isn't an Easter morning service that is only bright and cheery. It's not that the resurrection takes away the night that the resurrection takes away the sorrow or takes away the fear. Rather, the light shines brightly in the midst of darkness. The light shines in the midst of our losses. 
and all the uncertainties of this night. One writer asserts that we often imagine Easter as the great shade shatterer, gloom dispenser, darkness obliterator. But that's not what we proclaim tonight. The mystery we celebrate, the mystery of Christ's dying and rising, the mystery of our lives, really, he goes on, is that our ultimate hope and our ultimate joy can only be birthed in the blackness of night through an immersion in the darkness of the grave so that tomb can transform into womb and light may dawn. So indeed we sing, this is the night. Dear friends, this is the night God leads us out of the quarantine of despair and fear into freedom. This indeed is the night God puts flesh on our dry bones and brings us home. This is indeed the night when God is with us in the fire, even when we cannot imagine what the future holds. This is the night when Christ speaks our name, our eyes wet with tears, as were Mary's in the garden. Resurrection is happening tonight, now, among us. The Spirit is breathing new life on us, in us, among us, in our homes, in our hearts, in our memories, and in our hopes. We may not be arriving at the Easter we expected several months ago, but one part of the liturgy still to come may be more powerful and profound than any in recent memory. It is the moment we recommit to live our baptismal promises. It is our call to action. It is our response to resurrection. It is our desire with God's help to build a new world, to build a new country, to build a new church, to build a new congregation. Will you live among God's people? Will you gather faithfully even now in your homes for worship? Will you work to end all forms of injustice, oppression, and prejudice? Will you continue in our holy work of dismantling racism and caring for the earth and the environment? We may not be able to leave our homes yet, but we are sent into the world to be the risen body of Christ. Easter is dawning, and it is now time to imagine the new thing that God is doing among us. Though we shelter in place, we do not forget those fragile and those in need. We seek new ways to care for one another, to check on our neighbors, to express gratitude to medical professionals, delivery workers, first responders, 
and Easter arrives. We long for that day when the stone is rolled away. We hope for the day when social distancing is past, our masks are off, and we begin to see others previously camouflaged by our own prejudice or indifference. And Easter arrives. This is the night. Easter has arrived. And in the darkness, light shines. Freedom dawns. Hope burns brightly. And we step boldly into the future. And this night, this night as always, Alleluia is our song. Amen.